0: Welcome Highlander fans to Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network. On the show, we cover everything in the Highlander universe. And on this episode, we're really excited because we're going to be discussing the Highlander 1986 4K Blu-ray release and its other versions as well. We have a very special guest. We have author Jonathan Melville. He'll be coming up here shortly. But first, I have to bring in my... My Highlander brother from another mother, the big unit himself, Mr. Lee. Feelingsness. what's going on, Lee? Come on up here. How are you?
1: You know, I'm, uh, me and my big unit are doing just fine today. <laughs> Thank you for that <laughs> intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, just a big natural, Sunday. Yes, sir. That's
0: right, man. Uh, I'm excited about what we got going on here today because we've been planning this for a while. Mm -hmm. Highlander fans have been hungry for new Highlander material. New movie, reboot, of course. Taking a while to get done, if that ever gets done. But just anything new. And whenever there's a, uh, I guess, a a celebration of, you know, an anniversary or something. We hope that something comes out. So we didn't get like the 35th anniversary. We got the 36th anniversary, so to speak, uh, 4K blue release, Blu- Blu-ray uh, release. So uh, are you excited? Because I am.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I got to say, I'm excited to finally be doing this. Um, you uh, wrote me up a couple months ago and said, Hey man, I need your uh, address. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Assuming Christmas card. And I get this package in the mail from uh, some upside-down country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with you got a, this uh,
0: one in the mail right here that I'm holding up right there. That's yes, amazing. sir, I did.
1: Yes. And let- uh, 4K, and I ended up having to get a 4K player. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe that I am so far behind the time that there is a physical media that I can't play. So now I get <laughs> the, the 4K player. And i got to say, Sony, do better. I had to yeah. take two of them back in. And- Get another one, uh, and finally got one to work a week ago. Uh, oh, wow. But they would not play the disc. And I know that they're not region encoded, so <laughs> there was something uh, that Sony was doing wrong. Exactly. Uh, that, th- this is an interesting process. Highlander
0: has changed my life in many reasons, both personal and in collection and format and when to upgrade your personal home theater. But first, we got a really good guest here, and so let's go ahead and head into Joe's and uh, let's check out who we got here. All right. We are here in Joe's. We love Joe's. Joe's is a fun place. A lot of cool people to meet here. Nice bar, nice tables. But uh, we got someone that's been hanging out for a while here. And uh, I'm really, really excited to welcome back author Jonathan Melville. What's up, buddy? Hey, Kevin. Hey, Lee. How you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you, man? What what you got there in your hand? What is
2: it? Oh, sorry. Sorry. You just caught me uh, reading the back of my Highlander. 4k box set uh with the shiny bit on the front of it
0: (laughs) oh you mean the one that says uh let's see here uh oh oh audio commentary with author jonathan melville is that what you're talking about right there i don't know
2: i don't know who that is but yeah yeah that's the one um (laughs) you've got you've got the slimline version i've got the chunky
0: one Well, it's, it, not really. I mean, look at... Well, you've got go that one as well. So yeah, I, I and, try,
2: you've got everything there, haven't you? And I
0: have a bone to pick with this one, and I'll oh, get dear. into that a little bit later. But okay. first, you know, we got to we gotta catch up with you here, dude, because um, first of all, you're an author, and uh, yeah. you have uh, covered one of our favorite movies of all time, and that, of course, is Highlander, the making of A Kind of Magic and making of the original Highlander, which uh, I have a copy and even got a cool poster and I went really nerdy with your edition here uh how's this going for you so far man
2: it's going well the paperbacks out now actually which I don't have in the room with me sadly but uh you
0: mean you're not like uh John Mosby and you have all these signed (laughs) copies just sitting ready to be mailed out
2: (laughs) sadly not no um we've been trying to get the place tidy recently so um but no uh it's going well and um the book obviously led to this thing. So it's, it's obviously people are, must be reading it. So that's
0: good. For good reason. And we'll get into that a little bit more later, but make sure you guys check it out. I know it's on Amazon. And uh, is, is there any uh, signed copies still available or are those done or what's the deal oh, I with think that? There's
2: still some signed copies, in there, but they're in the UK. They're at my gotcha. publisher here in Edinburgh in Scotland. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. And as I say, the paperbacks out as well. So,
0: Gotcha. What want? about the one that came with I that exclusive Kurgan sword? Did you have? Is that still out or is that done?
1: <laughs> I, kid, I
2: kid. That's on the cards, yeah.
0: Lee, you got something?
1: Uh, yeah, I, Kevin, I was just going to say I got a little bit of a problem. Um, we've got this beautiful dulcet man voice and a Scottish accent. Of him uh, on anymore because why are people going to keep listening to us? This is just not fair. Uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, I love you, John, but you're making us look bad, dude. Come on. Also, <laughs> uh, can you go back to that that picture on his jet on the uh, of him from the yeah
0: this guy right uh, here? Look at that. Yeah, we look at did a uh, episode
1: last week talking about uh, who we would Dreamcast in Highlander. <laughs> I mean, look at him. That's our Ramirez. Yeah, and, I think I mean, think he has so the too. perfect Scottish accent to play a Spanish-Egyptian. I think he can do it.
0: Yeah,
1: totally. It's all fake.
2: It's all fake. <laughs> Beard's fake. The accent's fake.
0: No, wait, Lee. Um, you know, we're in a bar. It's Highlander. Uh, I'm sure there's some um, liquid courage around somewhere for immortals to take. What you got, man?
1: You know, when you're talking Highlander, there is only one solution. Glenn Moranji. Gotta love it one yeah However, Glenn for, you look at I'm that love, they changed they changed no. the label this is the new label for the 10 year so it used to be this kind of beautiful classic thing it's still great great whiskey but i, I just i'm going to have to find an old bottle
0: okay for those of you that are listening to the podcast make sure you check out the video because we got a bunch of visual aids for you and he's just showing you a cool picture of a bottle but it kind of looks like you already emptied that and put like apple juice in it dude be be serious here you know <laughs> absolutely not Oh, look at that! He's he's pouring it right wow. now. There you go. Oh, nice. nice. I know someone. I know someone oh, that yes, works yes.
2: at Glenmore and J. So uh, I, I could maybe mention the the label thing to her.
1: Now
0: I don't want to have to well, warn I, you. Go ahead,
1: Lee. Uh, please uh, give all my best. I absolutely love it. My my. Main go-to whiskey that I keep at home is Glenmore and G. La um, Sherry Cascades. Beautiful stuff. I do the Nectar Door. I do um, pretty much all of them. The 10 Years Classic, that's the one they had in there. I am, that is my scotch of choice. So even though I'm making fun of the label, please, please let your friend be a huge fan.
2: <laughs> and I uh, I used to live up in the Highlands and in a little place called Galsby, which was about 15 minutes from Tain, which is where the they make the distill um, Glenmorangie. So, always used to go past the distillery, and it was it was a beautiful sight.
0: I miss Scotland so much. Oh, yeah. Such good times there. I can't wait to get back. But you know what? Uh, speaking of Scotland, John, you and I have met in person before. It's been a while, but uh, way back on Bloody Kings '88, I got to go to Scotland, of course, with my then um, fiance. Yeah, yeah, I think she was my fiance then. And I got a chance to finally meet you. You were just teasing this book. I uh, you talked a little bit about Doctor Who as well. We hung out mm. in that uh that theater cafe where I bought my complete set of Tintin on uh on um, cartoon complete like collection there. Remember that? I still have it. Yeah. But that was good but- times. Well, people can't tell right here is you're actually like eight foot five and I'm standing on four boxes.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm six foot five. So I must be close <laughs> to Lee. I don't know what Lee, Lee is. But, um, um,
1: I'm not going to be on six foot eight. So you and I could clear out a bar pretty easy, I think. But yeah. But sadly, that, that cinema we went to is now closed down.
0: No. I'm oh, very, very no. sad about it. Uh, that means a just, video store in there's closed too then, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, they're talking about it. It might turn into flats.
0: <sighs> that's so sad well i'm glad really i got a chance sad. to get there before it changed but uh yeah yeah uh, when we get back we'll definitely have to uh hook up again because uh aaron and cool. i went back to scotland we've got some people we uh care deeply for over there including you man And we appreciate you Brilliant. showing us around so yeah cool uh, the other show we had you on too was uh, back on 132 where we had discussed highlander history on home video and uh this was a very uh personal uh thing for all of us and we uh we really got into the history of video and it's so funny how now we have a new edition
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you're part of the history of the home video or the home video market that's really cool man yeah, i envy you yeah. Cool. yeah i really.
2: i envy me as well no it's it's cool it's uh it was a very it was a nice surprise we'll talk about all that but it's, it was a nice surprise to get the email about it so
0: Okay, so I want to talk about, um, okay, first first of all, we need to talk about um, a little movie. And, and I want to mention this because uh, it's here on the Fandom Podcast Network. We do a show called Time Warp, and we um, cover the entire year of movies and pop culture that lived around them but the the movies are the main thing that we discuss. And we do it we do it like a few months at a time. And there is a movie that came out in 1983 that is now 40 years old. And you went the Highlander uh you know a kind of magic a kind of magic making of the original Highlander route including your Tremors book that you did too. You are making you have a book about local hero. Yeah, there it is.
2: I do. Yeah, another one. (laughs) Another book.
0: (laughs) For those that do not know, um, because I think Highlander fans should know about this film if they don't already, is because it's filmed and shot in Scotland. And it's got this very endearing quality about it and showcases the Scottish people with, you know, some Americans coming in, wanting to do some development but I thought that maybe you could give us a quick little lowdown on how that book is doing it for you, because you were at a film festival as well, and you've interviewed a bunch of people from it. Give us a little quick lowdown on that.
2: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say first of all, there is actually a sort of a Highlander connection to uh, to local hero, in that um, although, um, well, they're both filmed in Scotland, of course, but the the the, the bizarre thing is that the beach in lo- in in Highlander. Is um, about five to ten minutes walk from the beach that's in Local Hero, and the beach in Local Hero is very famous because uh, one of the characters Ben has a has a has a hut on it. Uh, is it by-
0: north of the Highlander Beach or south of the Highlander Beach?
2: North, north, north. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, okay, that's right.
2: So, okay. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's pretty incredible to think that Sean Connery and Burt Lancaster, who is in Local Hero, were both at the exact same spot. Uh, about three or four years apart from each other. Uh, And there's Little Beach in the west coast of Scotland. It's amazing. Uh, But yeah, no, I I basically, the the short version, I suppose, is I Local Hero, I can't remember when I first saw it. It's just, it's always been there.
0: By the way, this and is the laser Laserdisc version that I have. I also have the uh, the DVD, too. <laughs> cool, cool.
2: Yeah, and it's just a film that is uh, ev- almost everyone in Scotland, certainly of, of a certain age. I, th- I think, of course, younger viewers these days maybe haven't seen it, but it's just always there. It's about Peter Riegert, the, the actor Peter Riegert It plays uh, Mac McIntyre, who is a Texas oil man who comes to Scotland to buy a village. And I, that photo of me at fo- the phone box is the village that he goes to in the film.
0: Very it's famous like, uh, telephone box now. Uh, it like gets a lot of tourists. Totally, totally, yeah. And it's the village is called Pennon,
2: P-E-N-N-A-N. And the village in the film is called Furness. Uh Yeah, and they filmed it all there in 1982. Peter Rieger, Dennis Lawson, mm-hmm. who, of course, is Star Wars fans will know him. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And he's also... Um,
0: Oh, who are these gentlemen that you're with in this one picture?
2: So the person on the, on well, on my right, uh, is, um, Bill Forsyth who directed local hero and the cha- chap on the left. So that's the chap on the right with the, the sort of script. I think in his hand is Bill Forsyth and the other chap is called Ian Smith. Uh, and he's a very famous film producer from Scotland. Uh, we were talking about Twenty Four before we started recording. He actually produced the uh, the Twenty Four that was filmed in in London, mm-hmm. and also Mad Max Fury Road, and uh, many other films. So, wow. but he worked on on Local Hero, uh, Local Hero way back in 1982. So yeah, so I basically, I'm just a huge fan, and I wanted to write this this book, and interviewed lots of different people who were involved, and uh it was a labour of love like Local like Highlander, and. um and I kinda of went through the film scene by scene really and then interviewed people and put in their quotes about what happened and while they were filming that scene. So it's uh, it's a it was a really nice experience and, and people seem to be enjoying it. And Peter Rieger emailed me a couple of weeks ago to say he enjoyed it, which is
0: which was nice. I highly recommend anyone that, uh, first of all, loves Scotland, loves the filming locations, uh, check it out definitely. Um, it remind you. me, I have a question about the Highlander Beach a little bit later because both you and I have been to it, yeah. And uh, I'll bring that, <laughs> I'll bring that up a little, little bit later. Yeah. But you also, you also met Kevin Bacon because you did a, a book about Tremors, and uh, that, uh, that is pretty cool because I know we did a Tremors uh, Couch Potato Theater and we had you on as a guest. We talked about that and that was a lot of fun. So.
2: Yeah. And that, that's behind that photo was taken behind that cinema that we were at that again has now closed down. Saturdays. I
0: thought the bricks looked familiar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was cool. He's got two copies of the book now. So he's nice. Uh, yeah, nice guy.
0: <laughs> well, is there first, first of all, uh, your, your book review and you're one degree from Kevin Bacon, man. That's great. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, by by the way, our good friend John Mosby did a, a review on Echo Chamber. He gave you a nine out of ten on your book. That's 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 pretty cool.
2: That's very nice of him. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think I probably stole some bits from his book from my book. So
0: <laughs> I think it would have been a ten if you had like a really nice like sexy Scottish picture of you in the background or something. <laughs> I think he would have given you a ten there. I'm just saying. So Wear my kilt. <laughs> exactly well we've mentioned obviously your highlander book and make sure you check it out uh but what 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 are you working on now is there anything that you can uh spoil for anyone now or anything
2: yeah well i'm working on a couple of things that are just taking l- luckily I mean, the great thing about highlander and local hero was they were published by a, a publisher here in edinburgh uh which and the, the good thing about that is that you've got a deadline but that's also a bad thing because you've got a deadline and you have to keep to it. So I, for the, my next projects, I just decided to p- print them myself, publish them myself. So the, the next one I'm working on, I've been interviewing people who, I'm a huge Muppets fan, <gasps> a huge oh. Jim, Hent- Jim Henson fan. So I've decided to interview people who worked with Jim Henson uh, just to get stories really. Cause I want to hear them. I want to hear what it was like meeting or working with the genius that was Jim Henson. So I've spoken to maybe 15, 17, something like that people over the last four or five years. And I keep getting delayed because of things like Highlander come along and I've got to write <laughs> that. So uh, it's some of the some of the interviews I might have to go back to them and update them a bit now because they've done new things. But I'm working on that. So I'm hoping that'll come out. Uh, I keep moving the date a little bit, but I think it's going to be spring or summer this year. And also in the background, I've been doing interviews with people who worked on uh, on action films and series, mainly action oh. TV series, actually from the sort of seventies, eighties, nineties. So, um, Dukes of Hazard and um, uh, Ten Speed and Brown Shoe and the A-Team and Greatest American Hero and uh, you know stuff like that. Juice South, <laughs> Knight Rider, things like that. So nice. Nice. So that, and it's people that Ooh. either you've some people you've never heard of. So sometimes it's producers, or uh, sometimes actors. David Marciano spoke to me from G South. He was brilliant. And anyway, so that's what I'm working on. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lou, you got any questions for him here in the uh, in here at Joe's before uh, we head on out?
1: Uh, be awesome. <laughs> I just want to be the assistant uh, helping with this, and I promise this was completely by accident. I put this shirt on today because it was the first shirt I grabbed out of the door, or out of the drawer, and you know,
2: Jim Muppets, Hanson. man. Yeah. I
1: am a huge fan. <laughs> I actually I do the well. soundtrack to the 2011 Muppets movie, oh, and I gosh. I run to the uh, the Life's a Happy song, like it's the perfect running pace, and you're just like, yeah. hey, but it's uh, I am a huge fan of that. So uh, real quick, John, Kevin, wait, real We got to have him your, back on when he does that.
0: Oh yeah, totally, John. What's your favorite Muppet movie?
2: Uh, I love Great Muppet Caper. Oh, me that's too. Also be my favorite. Although, of course, uh, Christmas Carol, I watch most years, not every year, but I watched it this year and it was or last year now. But I don't brilliant. know
0: why it makes me laugh, but I think it's the bug-eyed fish uh, juggler guy. I think it's him that says, I've got the paper towels.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lou, I think that's Lou, Lou Zealand.
0: Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, well, we're excited, New man, Zealand? and uh, I think we've uh, we've got yep. a lot to get into today. So let's go ahead and head on out of Joe's. <music> All right. So, guys, uh, I wanted to get into, okay, so we are talking about the uh, Highlander new 4K special edition. We're going to get into that a little bit, but I wanted to get into a little bit of Mortal Buzz here. And this is reviews on uh, what's, like, the uh the special features there's all those websites that cover home media and I like visiting these from time to time And I want to kind of get your thoughts on maybe what you've been hearing jonathan since you obviously have contributed to this and We're going to get into that Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to uh get into some of the reviews here and one of them was let's see here What do we got here? Uh, we got um, uh Oh, yeah. Blu-ray. Dot, is it Blu-ray.com? I think it is. Yeah. They gave it uh, four out of five on the Highlander 4K Blu-ray video quality, the 1080p, uh, the audio quality, all four out of five. Uh, Blue uh, DoBlue.com gave it three out of five stars. Um, AV Forum said, quote, a plentiful set and one that feels worthy of the enhanced price tag. Movie... Uh, the scores he gave, the movie itself, 9 out of 10. Picture quality, 9 out of 10. Sound quality, 8 out of 10. Extras, 8 out of 10. Overall, 9 out of 10. Elements of Madness said, quote, Highlander, the film, and the show, we're my gateway to Queen, so my love the f- my love of the film is certainly biased. There's also a hazy filter of nostalgia through which my I place my gaze. Does Highlander hold up to today's film in terms of singular of idea? It absolutely does. But that doesn't mean that it would be as big of a hit now with the things that plague it. We can at least be fair with that. However, it was released 36 years ago and has a large fan base, and I doubt any of them, including myself, gave any thought before slamming down their payment to snag at least one of the 4k ultra HD editions when announced to that end. I don't think longtime fans will be disappointed with this purchase. Some of what makes Highlander as endearing as it is, is the grime, the imperfections against the beauty. And at the end of the day, friends will be friends when it comes to this remaster as the prize takes the form of whichever edition you can get. Uh, John, I want to get your thoughts on these comments here, and where people it seems to be getting uh, a lot of buzz, literally, um, on how well and how thorough this is. What are you hearing? Since I know obviously you're close to the project, but your fan side of it, what are you hearing?
2: Yeah, no, just the same, really. I mean, I've been a bit careful. Uh, looking at reviews because I, <laughs> I didn't want to to read anything too negative, you know, regarding me, I suppose, because I'm I'm on there. And uh, much as I put as much effort as I, you know, a lot of effort into the, the commentary, you never know if people are going to like something that you do. So I've always yep. I've been a little bit careful. But when it first came out, I did look at some reviews just to make sure – it was generally positive and yeah, it is, it is very positive. And I had a look at Amazon the other day as well. And people seem to be very nice about it. So,
0: so that's great. Uh, Lee. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, what about you? What
1: have you heard? And uh, what do you give this? Um, well, I'm going to give it a, a 4.8 out of five. But the one thing I heard that I got to address is uh, I did see somebody uh, make a comment about John uh, and specifically the, the commentary um it basically boiled down to why is this guy here he wasn't on set he wasn't this and like i wanted to reach through the youtube and be like (laughs) yes we already have russell's opinion on this we already have all this other stuff what we don't have is somebody that actually researched it somebody that knows it inside and out in a way that he can replace the uh i mean how many people were on the one special feature like 80. Uh, you know, that they were interviewing for 40 Years of Magic. I mean, there are so many people that you can bring their experience to the commentary in a way that uh, no audio booth could have. Um, and while I kind of understand the sentiment, for something like this, you're the historian. You're the guy that has the definitive book on it. So <laughs> well, well, I just want to yeah. be online. Uh, I won't drop the name so because I forgot it and I wrote it down across the room. But I'm just like... My man, John, deserves the respect of all the work that he did. Uh, so I- I'm shouting you out, man. Uh, <laughs> Jay and I, Silent I Bob get I read revenged. it three times before we did the thing. <laughs> I- I well, see yes, do. let's do I that. See How many the... people want to kick some ass?
0: <laughs> Lee, I see you doing the Jay and Silent Bob strike back thing where you, like, reach out and travel to all the people that wrote nasty comments.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Well, I got you, buddy. I got uh, thank you. you. Yeah, no, thank you very much for that. I mean, I completely, you know, I do, I kind of get the point that someone's making. Uh, at the same point, at the same time, I buy, blue, you know, we all, I'm sure, buy films and Blu-rays all the time and, and DVDs, and there are commentaries on there from people who were not on the film, uh, and I and I'm happy with that. If, particularly if there are not many of them who may be still alive, um, yeah. or you know, and of course that's sadly the case with the producers of this film. Uh, who, um, yeah, who are, who are not around anymore? Russell Mackay has done one. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. I can't quite remember if it was discussed that Christopher Lambert and um, Clancy Brown would do a commentary. But I don't think. I don't think that was really discussed because it's expensive for their time. So I think to have them for two hours each would would be quite expensive. (laughs) Um, People don't just do these things for free. So uh, Sean Corney wasn't going to do one. And then, of course, he wasn't around to do one. So, no, anyway, the point is, uh, if people don't have to listen to me, (laughs) of course, if they don't want to. uh, And if they do, yeah, I've interviewed 50 or 60 people from the films, from the film, and some of them, uh, yeah, uh, people will never hear from on a commentary ever because for various, because who knows how many more editions there will be. So of this, of this film,
0: but well, I, uh, I wanted to talk about the versions that are out there right now. Obviously uh, if you're, if hello, we go, that's, yeah, I know, right. Well, th- this was the first one that was advertised. This was the one that came from the UK and uh, I jumped on it as soon as possible. I bought two, uh, cause I wanted to obviously open one up and such. Uh, and I know that obviously you got one, um, Jonathan, uh, but Lee, uh, your first one was this one here that I'm holding up right there. Uh, this one I actually got when I flew to, uh, um, uh, with my wife back to Australia <laughs> and I wasn't expecting to see this on the shelf. And I bought it right away because I was curious about it. This one has only one disc, though. It has just the 4K um, uh, stuff on it. There, there's not the Blu-ray uh, version of it, which the other one has, and the US versions have as too, which I'll get in a second. Uh, and I also found out, two guys, <laughs> that while I was uh, wanting to view this, I couldn't because I didn't have a 4K viewable player of any type. I have all these, like you know, Blu-ray and and uh um, you know, DVD players that can play you know out of region stuff. But then I found out that anything that is 4K should play in all players that can play 4K. And so I bought one for myself. I bought one for Lee, sent one to him. But Lee, you said you had an issue playing yours, right?
1: Yeah, I had to go through three different uh Blu-ray player or uh 4K uh Blu-ray players before I could get them to play. Um I thought, okay, maybe there's a defect with the first one, took it back, got the same model. Same problem. Uh, It was uh, once I got a different model that it played and it's they're all Tony and it's the same disc. So I was uh, (laughs) and uh, a little bummed that I couldn't go to Best Buy, uh, which is based out of uh, Minneapolis and get a different model. I actually had to go to a different store and I like to support the business. They've been uh, good to the film community here, but they didn't have anything that would play it. Speaking of Best Buy, this was the Best
0: Buy exclusive, the uh, um, steel book version. And it's got this little kind of translucent uh, slip case on it. And then it's got the steel uh, case, you know, metal case with the stuff inside of it and everything. And uh, uh, but there was a little bit of pushback on this design, especially that Highlander logo. Uh, did you hear about this, John? What do you think? Uh, the Highlander think that- font. I
2: think I heard about that from Grant Kempster, who's probably not too happy about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the USA re- releases did get a little flack too, because this was yeah. the main, this was the one that you can find anywhere. This is two disc as well, but it's a little bit reimagined version of Connor because he has the Clan MacLeod and he's got the Katana. Um, it's still a really cool uh, design though. Uh, any thought, wh- what are your thoughts on these covers, Jonathan?
2: Um yeah, I mean I think I prefer the the one with the yellow kind of logo on it. But yeah, this, this uh, one here. Yeah. But I think we are we've just sort of run out. That that same photo is used all the time, isn't it? That or versions of it. It's a slightly different one on this one, but uh but I'm not too offended by them. I mean, they're trying their best.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about the big one, the one that I got first. I know the one that you got. Oh, yeah, sorry, Lee, go ahead.
1: Yeah, um, I did just want to say uh, on the cover of the regular U.S. release, I don't know why they swapped the blade for uh, Glamdring from Lord of the Rings, but they did. (laughs) Look at that. That's a leaf-shaped blade. It's a lot wider. Uh, They messed with the aspect on the handle. And um, I got to throw Best Buy under the bus again. Uh, They don't ship these well. Um, If you look at the sleeve on here. Oh, no. they don't take it. Uh, that uh, will actually stick to the plastic wrap that's on there. Oh, and so half yeah. of my McLeod logo uh, is on the cellophane wrap that they put on there. So Best Buy. Okay, I, I, take it, I take it back then. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the close, I've
2: not seen that that close up, the one you've got, Kevin. And now I see yeah. Connor's hand doesn't look real, and the face looks... Yeah, so it...
0: It's an up. artist interpretation, so you have to yeah, kind of take no. it that no, granted, no. but as Highlander fans, we're pretty, we're pretty, you know, get Grant Kempster to design them. That's, I that's know, what I say. Right? No, there's yeah. there's a lot of people that they should have reached out to, but yeah. I want to talk about the big one. Uh, the one that came out, this one is, this is the promotional shot. I've got on the YouTube picture here that they were promoting everything in there. And this is the one I have in my hand here. Uh, opened of course. Uh, and then when you open, and, and this is my personal one right here, I opened it up and took pictures here. When you open it up, uh, it uh, it, it reminds me of those old school editions of TV seasons where you have to open it up and you fan it out, and then you would pick a, a CD or DVD from the season, and then you have to kind of fold it back up again. And uh, when you open it up, you'll notice that also it's got uh, um, some poster cards inside there, some buttons. It's got a comic, and it's got a really nice booklet that has, like, a history of Highlander in there. A lot of great pictures, behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's also got a poster, which I have hanging up behind me, that I had to just take out and frame right away. I was really happy with that one. Um, This Here's a picture of the poster right here uh, for those of you that are looking on the YouTube channel. Uh, but I have a little issue with this, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this. So when I opened it up, as you can see, and I got the picture here. Once you take everything out of it, it's kind of awkward to open up without stuff falling out, and then you have to pull the DVD or the Blu-rays out of it, and you got to be careful. Like you know, you got to keep the stuff in here. Or What if you take all the stuff out? You know, and then you just kind of got this weird, like, empty void. You know, unless you can like maybe go grab a uh uh you know the other 4K edition and maybe slide it in there instead. But I felt that the the discs should have been in an actual snap case and then put in there instead of having that little thing. Your thoughts? What do you guys think? Am I being too picky here?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I see what you mean, and uh, I think that was a it's problem fun. that we had with the first edition of uh, season one of Highlander. It fits. It
0: fits. Yeah. It fits. You
1: know, like when it's when you have to have an advanced degree to figure out how to put it back in the case. Uh, I think that's when it gets a little crazy. Um, that said, it's a really cool set. I'm a little bit jealous. Um, I love the comic books when they came out. I thought that was a really good way to tell the story in a different way. Um, going back to those characters that we obviously can't film for the same reason anymore. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that's a really cool set.
0: Well. Let me uh, let's go ahead and get into uh, your contribution uh, in this, Jonathan. Um, and, and I wanted to remind people what is on this, like the uh, not only this this version here, but also the uh, American versions too. Uh, is on the 4K um, UHD disc, you have the, uh, some awesome special features. You have obviously a new. The Immortal Attraction of Highlander, looking back at four decades of Highlander magic. You have a kind of magic music of the immortals, a featurette on the soundtrack. There can be only one Kurgan. Clancy Brown remembers Highlander. Capturing Immortality, interview with photographer David James. Uh, we also have audio, other audio commentaries by Russell McCahey, and then uh, the one with Russell McCahey, Peter David, and William Panzer. But we want to talk about your contributions, Jonathan, is you got to contribute your own audio commentary. And as a fan of Highlander, the trivia that you get to put in this is amazing. Before we get in and pick a few of those little nuggets, how did you get involved with this and being able to contribute... Sorry, it's backwards here. Contribute to the uh, audio commentary on this new release. Um, So I got an email. How
2: many things started. I got an email from Studio Canal. Um, Now, the dates... I can't quite remember the dates. I think it probably would have been... uh, Maybe the start of 2022. Uh, I should have checked my email correspondence. But certainly a little bit before and and they got in touch to say they were looking to do this uh, this new set and um, was I interested in being involved uh, and of course I said yes straight away and um, <laughs> uh, and so yeah so that was I think the commentary was very early, very early on in the in the in the in the discussions and also um, there's also quite a lot of discussions that go on with Davis Panzer um, and I, I, you know, there's not, it's not a huge secret. I mean, there's a chap there called Kareem, um, yeah. who is, uh, is, is one great of the guy. great guy, great fantastic yeah. guy who is, uh, Kareem, uh, Kareem has been involved there for, for many years and he's a huge fan of Highlander and the, and the Highlander films and TV series. Uh, and he worked very closely with Peter Davis. So anyway, he is, is a, is a really um, I love the guy and I think he possibly put my name forward as well to the guys at Studio Canal in the UK. So, uh, but there were lots of emails bouncing about basically just trying to talk about what could, what could be involved in this set. And luckily because I interviewed so many people for my book, I had lots of contact details still, which I was nice. able to, uh, you know, we were able to sort of just talk about passing those on, uh, with the permission of the people who, who were, they were maybe wanting to interview, but I was suggesting people. I think Kareem was suggesting people. Um, so yeah, there was lots of, lots of input really from around the Highlander, the world of Highlander, just to try and get the best package and the best interviews available. So yeah, so I, that, that was it really. And then I said yes. And then I had the task of of actually scripting the, the, the commentary.
0: How did you do that? How did you? Fit, That's what I've been wanting know, to know,
2: man. yeah yeah. Yeah. well luckily I did I did a commentary for Tremors a couple of years ago for the Arrow box set which if you're a Tremors fan hopefully you've got the Arrow there's a lovely box set a bit like this Highlander one big big one and there's a smaller disc as well Uh, so what I did for that one because I've written the book on the film I was able to go through the book really and sort of pick out the bits that I wanted to keep in because it's a huge task doing a commentary you know before you do them if you've not done a commentary before you possibly just don't appreciate how much work is involved. If you're doing it on your own, I think interviews, and of course, even if there's more than one person, it's still a lot of work, but I think it would be easier to slightly easier to bounce off people. And if there's a, 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 you know, a lag in the conversation, then maybe someone else can fill it. Whereas when you're on your own, you've got this worry that you're going to, uh, to have boring bits, or or, or <laughs> just stop speaking because you're watching the film. So it was really just a case of going through it minute by minute, really. And, um, and because my book as well is is sort of out of uh, it's not in this it's not in order really. Because I talk, you know, I jump about between really through the filming of it rather than the the, the beginning to the end of the movie. So it's not not in order, basically. So I had to kind of try and put it back into order and and just try and get things to match up on screen. And then, of course, you've got the, you have to keep reading bits out to yourself because you think if I speak too fast, which I possibly am just now, you're going to then go past, you know, if it's about, if it's uh, Ramirez uh, being killed, if you go past that bit too quickly... Then you got. To, do you? I what, do you learned you that
0: early down? in. Po- I I learned that early in <laughs> podcasting. Uh, that's why I don't do commentaries on movies anymore yeah. because oh. you have to really. One of the things that annoys me is when there's a scene you want to hear something about behind the scenes, and they're still talking about something that happened like four minutes ago. You know. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> so that I, I I totally I totally get that, and it's easy to happen. So so yeah, so that was really it. it was watching the film multiple times again, which I'd watched many times for the book and then just trying to match things up and, uh, and sync it a little bit. So hopefully, hopefully it worked. I think it worked. Okay. But, but again, until you, good. you do it, you, you, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, um, you know, I, but basically you just, you just don't know. Okay. That's the fact, So
0: you are totally playing down what you did. Here.
2: Okay. No, I'm not. Well, no, I'm being, I'm just being honest about you. Like yourselves, like anybody you do, you create something, you hope it's as good as it, you hope it's gonna be a great end result. You don't know until it's out. There, let me so.
0: tell let me let, let me tell Highlander fans this. The amount of information and in trivia and behind the scenes and references to all the people that you've interviewed is probably one of the most uh, behind the scenes information on almost anything that i've ever watched or listened to commentary before that's good no i'm serious you did a fan and i'm not just saying this because you're a friend of mine and i've I've had you on before i when i listened to this for the first time while i was watching it i remember a lot of this stuff came from your book too but you were you threw in a lot of little anecdotes and things like that that even if those of you that haven't read your book it is a Uh, a well of information of Highlander fandom that people really need to do. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about, Lee?
1: Yeah. um, Speaking as the guy that read your book three times before we interviewed you, (laughs) because it was, it it was that good. And everybody out there, if you don't have his book, um, not only is it, uh, is his commentary amazing? There are things that he could not get into the, the movie or to his audio commentary that are even more fascinating. Uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many, like the dude stepping off his sailboat, handing it to his buddy and then going to be the uh, the DP for Highlander. I mean, that's just an <laughs> amazing story. Uh, Hugh Quarshie, uh, you know, hanging out with Oprah and uh, uh, Steven Spielberg, yeah. uh, you know, w- watching Live Aid. Uh, I mean, there are so many crazy <laughs> moments that you never, uh, those detailed uh, you went into uh, in both of these. And um, again, I read this three times. I was still entranced by your commentary. And that's, oh, uh, you know, some you. of it was uh, very familiar. But it's also like, I'm now hearing it in your voice instead of the voice in my head. Because I hadn't even yeah. met you yet, really. So all of the stories sounded like, this voice, hi, I'm you know instead of oh, all <laughs> I'm accent, this lovely bro. Scottish man, and you're just going to listen <laughs> to me and love every word I say. <laughs> it's the accent. <laughs> okay, wow. so Thank I want to
0: pick. I want to pick apart a couple of things that I took notes of uh, while I was listening to you, oh, okay, and. Here we go. One Nervous of the neck. things that I love and you've shared this story before and you, I was like, is he going to mention it? Is he going to mention it? And you did was the first time you saw Highlander with a double bill with the crow. <laughs> yeah. And I have a Blu-ray edition of the crow and Highlander. And this is like my perfect double feature right here because they're both dealing with immortals and the burden of being immortal. And you got to see this live in a theater and you got to see yeah. highlander for the first time as well i love that you put that in there
2: totally yeah and isn't that a perfect blu-ray set i mean the, the fact that someone at the studio thought let's do this and so and this boss the boss said yeah it's brilliant that, that this exists
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you got one of these right
2: yeah i think so
0: yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> i wonder where it came from <laughs>
1: It it occurs (laughs) to me after um, the Clancy Brown documentary and, you know, he's been on record of how he wants to play or he wanted to play the Kurgan. That's really how top dollar was played. Nihilistic, nothing to live for, very classy, insanely violent and like Uh, non-caring. It's uh, it just occurred to me now when you say that. And I'm like, of course, that's a perfect double pill.
0: There's, uh, there's one thing I – a couple – okay, first of all, I love how you get right into the original Sean Connery voiceover and how there, there was stuff that uh, would have been originally in there. But one thing that I wanted you to touch on, and I think this is really important, especially coming from um, – being, being Scottish yourself and, you know, this being your country, was that you mentioned how being Scottish and seeing Scots portrayed on the screen and how important this movie is. And movies like, you know, Local Hero and stuff like that. And so you have this history of films that you mentioned being filmed in Scotland or are about Scotland. I wanted you to kind of touch on that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just something that really... I Suppose I, I've been writing about film and uh and Scottish film and TV for many, for quite a few years now, uh, and obviously been watching it for longer than that. And um, and I, at some point it kind of dawned on me that we, we don't have we traditionally we've not had much of a film and TV industry in Scotland. Uh, you know, the odd thing does come here like Local Hero or Highlander or um. Train spotting or whatever, but most of them are not funded here and and they come from elsewhere. So I just think it's really important, and I think it's a real shame that we've not had more because, uh, like I kind of try and, and, and make the point in the book, I think it's really important that people of any nationality see themselves on the screen and see other people, you know, just see themselves reflected back at them, really, rather than constantly having to watch people um, from uh, the likes of I don't know America, or uh, much as I love you know Twenty Four and uh, you know all the films that I grew up watching, Back to the Future that I remember seeing at the cinema when they came out, um, or even just England, you know England or, and Wales and Northern Ireland. Just having stuff made here is really important. So yeah, so things like Highlander just really they stick with you more I think because they are made, and we are such a small country, and and because they're made here, and we just certainly I just pull them to me a little bit closer, which is, I think, why I've written this book, these two books about Scottish media, because uh, we just don't have that. I mean, of course, there are lots of them. It's just mm, these are really important ones.
1: Well, there's a a story I heard, uh, John Barrowman, uh, who was famously Torchwood. He was Captain Jack. Mm -hmm. Um, When he was a kid, uh, he was watching an episode of Doctor Who, and that's the reason why I'm bringing it up, because you're the Doctor Who guy. Um, but, uh, it's one of the old black and white episodes, but one of the companions was from Scotland yeah, and it, yeah. And, uh, Barrowman just as a kid just went insane, you know, and he tells the story and you just see this moment in his life that stayed with him. Mummy, mommy, there's somebody face Scotland on the doctor. And it was, it was the moment that gave him, um, an idea of being an actor, of being a performer. And uh, when you're talking about the representation, you know, uh, you think about, uh, you know, Scotland, you know, you have a Scottish actor playing this British character and you have, you know, with uh, Sean Connery, he's playing 007. He's like, oh, I'm your majesty, secret service, you know, uh, but having something this Scottish, you know, uh, local hero, uh, this one, and then we start getting uh, other movies. I I love Train Trainspotting. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. We talked yeah. about it a few podcasts ago but um, it just that representation and seeing something uh, there was a a movie called the accountant that came out a few years ago and uh, the main character is on the spectrum. Like I am, Uh, he's an expert in violence like I am. And it was the first time I'd seen that portrayed and I'm like, Oh my God, this is me. (laughs) And those moments are very important for an audience. So uh, yeah, funnily enough,
2: I can't, uh, funnily enough, I'm going to mention Twenty Four yet again. I'm obsessed, clearly, at the moment because I'm going, I'm watching all the episodes. But tonight, I watched episode one of season seven of Twenty Four, and in it, there's a Scottish actor. Uh, I think his name's Tommy Flanagan. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and he pops up, and uh, and my partner went, "Is he Scottish?" And it's like, "Wow, there's a Scottish guy in an Sons American of Anarchy." Program. He was in. It,
0: I remember correctly. Yeah. That's
2: true. Yeah, yeah, and and. It's, uh, I'm braveheart, of course, and it's just like, but it's just that thing of, of you're you're saying, oh, there's a a Scottish guy in an American thing that's just weird. And although you just mentioned Sean Connery, who of course was one of the biggest stars in the world, was Scottish. There's still just one guy. You know, we we want more. We yeah. do need more.
0: I, so. I do want to a couple things I want to mention was first of all, as you guys watch twenty four. The amount of time it takes to ride on certain freeways to other freeways is the most <laughs> unrealistic thing oh, about that series. Everything it. else know, was done well, but how it takes you to get on the 405 to the 101.
2: Oh, four, four minutes. They're, yeah, they're not not, yeah. not going to
0: happen. Not going to happen. But anyway, yeah. I want to. And he never has to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's a few things, a few more things I just want to, that I, I picked from your, your commentary. I just want to mention real, real briefly here. Uh, was, uh, first of all, the the Highlander filming locations And also you touched on that Highlander is actually a British film Even though the producers were American And you also gave respect to uh, Peter Diamond and Bob Anderson And uh, the thing that I forgot, either I didn't remember If it was in your book or not um, Was, you mentioned David Keith That he was uh, uh, considered for it. I think that might have been in your book too Um, Kurt Russell, we all know that one. And what's funny about David Keith is he filmed this movie called Lords of Discipline that came out in 1983, but he filmed it in 82. And he had to film this in England because it takes place about uh, um, basically racist um, uh, military students that treat an African-American man horrible in school. And because of the subject no military school in the U S would allow this. So they filmed this in England. So obviously David Keith, who was officer and gentleman the previous year, this came out in 83. I see why he was on the the radar, but the person that I either missed or couldn't remember was Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick was considered, uh, of course, one of my favorites. I have a picture of him as Ace Hunter from mega force. One of my favorite movies from 82. Uh, That was surprisingly
1: to me. Uh, He will always be Brad majors. I was a huge Rocky Horror guy growing up.
0: That's how most people know him, is from Rocky Horror. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh, But I wanted to ask you to clarify something for me, uh, Jonathan. was Sean Connery's pay. We know he was paid quite a a lot of money for a short amount of time. But was it a location thing and a tax thing and when it had to be done? Can you clarify that?
2: Oh, it's it's a complicated one, this. But basically, he was due to be paid uh, i think it was a million oh no was it was a million pounds or dollars i can't quite remember let's say dollars um for his weeks work and basically the, there was a problem with the camera to 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 get to sort of shorten this the story a bit uh, and it meant that they had to film for an extra few days and i think it was 500,000 dollars per day that he was charging if it went above went over this week. Mm. Uh and it That's went over nice. I, over there two or three days, I think. So he ended up getting paid um at least another million or so. I'm probably getting the story slightly wrong because it's oh, I have think, I, frozen? I yeah.
0: Yeah, sorry, did I think it was in your there? commentary, but yeah, there's a lot of uh the lot of tricks they did to uh make sure they got certain looks from him so they could edit mm-hmm. in later and stuff like that. They were very yeah. clever with the amount of time they had with him because of the I money think he was, that was charging. The,
2: Yeah, I think that was in the last sort of 10, 20 minutes. Russell Mackay said, Yeah, look over your shoulder, look left, <laughs> look right. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah. it, yeah, yeah, but he ended up just yeah getting paid more than than he should have done because of a camera
1: problem. So,
0: uh, Lee, was there any other? Uh, was there anything that uh, jumped out at you regarding the commentary?
1: Well, uh, you kind of touched on it for a moment, but uh, you know your shout outs to Bob Diamond and uh, or uh, Peter Diamond and Bob Anderson uh, as a fight choreographer, as a stunt monkey. Um, you know, I appreciated that, uh, especially bringing up Peter Diamond who is kind of the uh, Donald O'Connor to uh, Bob Anderson's Gene Kelly. He's the guy that's easily as talented and just doesn't get the recognition. Uh, So I really liked that, um, you know, and I just appreciate it. Uh, And especially, you know, now that uh, Bob's gone, you know, we don't get any news or any more stories. So uh, hearing more about that was really cool.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they're, they're just such an important couple of, you know, pair. Uh, Bob mm-hmm. and uh, and Peter. And I think for people who are fans of of um, of Peter Diamond, they should follow Peter's son, Fraser, who mm-hmm. I think is on Twitter. I think it's just Fraser Diamond or maybe Fraser underscore Diamond, but you'll find him quite easily, who is writing a book, I believe, on his dad. Oh, wow. Who And he's also on Facebook. I don't know if his Facebook page is open to everybody, but I interviewed him for the book. So... Mm-hmm. We're we're sort of friends on there, but he certainly posts a lot of photos because his dad was in so many TV shows yeah. and films. So he's always he's got a stack of of DVDs uh, uh, so high. Uh, anyway, so please follow him and you'll you'll see clips of of his dad and, and things like that. Well,
0: I One did, like, last, in your...
1: oh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Lee. Uh, I was going to say I did like in the book how um Fraser was the one that's uh, looking at the pictures from the young doll Kim fight he's like I'm pretty sure my dad was on that that's his style like that's yeah. that was really cool like uh you know deepening the mystery that we're all just wondering like what happened totally. so,
0: what, what happened to that scene yeah. uh one th- one last thing I wanted to uh touch on your segment here of you doing the audio commentary for this uh awesome Highlander 4K new edition here was there anything that wasn't included in the commentary. I got to ask the question that you wish was, or just didn't have time for, or was edited out maybe?
2: I don't think anything was edited out. No. Um, Good to know. And I don't think, and it was recorded in my house, just, just to break the, the mystery. Uh, Naomi... Nice. Naomi I thought was, you.
0: I thought you were like flown in style to some expensive hotel, and you went into the recording studio. So nope, didn't happen.
2: I know, me. I know, <laughs> no. I, I wish, but no. The, the person person have not <laughs> mentioned at all um, is Naomi no, Naomi Holwell. I think is her surname. Sorry, Naomi, if you're listening, and I got that wrong. But I only I just call her Naomi. So, but she is effectively she created. I don't know if her name's on the back. I don't think it is. But her name's on, on all the extras and all the, at the end of them. She is the, the kind of editor and the director, I think, of, of certainly all these extras. She went and spoke to Christopher Lambert and mm. uh, in Paris and um, and came to my house to record the commentary. She lives in Scotland, actually. She nice. lives in Edinburgh. So there's a good Scottish connection. She's Scottish. So there's... there's oh, Naomi.
0: Nice,
2: yeah, nice connections there. So she actually just came round to the house with her equipment, sat down on the couch for two hours, and listen to me recording I mean one of the things that as actually and it's not really ex- exciting as such but it's y- y- you make a lot of mistakes and of course we are going through this and I'm sure we've all made little mistakes here and there but when you're recording a commentary for two hours you fluff things you know and you say a name wrong or you get tired so she had to listen to all this and yeah. I was a bit nervous and I kept saying to her Is it okay you know I said I can listen back if you want and tell you bits to, to cut out so she had to listen to the whole thing and then edit bits out where I'd made a mistake or said the same line five times. <laughs> so she made me sound good, but no, if she, she's, um, she's How amazing. How long did the process take yeah. for you? To, you mean just recording or?
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, film is
2: itself is about what one hour 50, I think. Um, but I think it probably mm-hmm. took about two, two and a bit hours Two well, maybe say two and a half. Cause I think there was a bit of a break in between maybe having a, a cup of tea or a, or a, a glass of water or something. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too Been long. A glimmer <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I should have, I should have had that. Yeah. But, and the actual writing of the, of that script took quite a while, just going through it back over it again, reading it, you know, watching the film and trying to make sure it all synced up. So, right. uh, and I think, I think Naomi probably did a bit of, I think there were a couple of points probably where I stopped a bit too soon. And I think she maybe then spaced things out a little bit. So the funny thing is, which I've not mentioned And uh, I don't actually have a 4K player. So uh, I couldn't even, and and that's something much as I, you know, Studio Canal were great and, you know, love everybody there. I am a little bit upset, partly for me and partly for other fans, that all these extras are not on the Blu-ray disc. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I really, I wish they had been because I think I couldn't watch many of these extras and I had to get Naomi to let me watch some of them.
0: I'm glad and you I, brought that up because I couldn't even listen,
2: I couldn't even listen to the commentary because it's on the I wrong list. When I got this box set, I was so excited and well, I put it in. It. And it was like, I couldn't listen to
0: my own commentary. Tell me about so. it because when I got it, I'm like, crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I did was is I went to Best Buy and I bought a, a 4K player. And you can attach a 4K player to a non-4K TV and watch it. You just may not get the quality, uh, that you can, but it's not a big deal, but you can actually watch, you know, the content, but Highlander, you know how, like back in the day, there was a video game system that made you upgrade your home entertainment system. There's always something Highlander. I am a stickler for getting as many different versions of different, uh, you know, home media. We talked about that in that podcast, but Highlander is the reason why in the last three months, I've gotten a 4k Blu-ray player and a brand new 4K TV. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can now yeah. play these things, but now I need to get another 4K player because I need to have one in the podcast room and one now in the living room when I wa- when I watch with the TV. Because you know now I gotta like take the player and like pick it up and move it if I want to do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, you know. What? I'm <sighs> I was going to say I'm the same way with my video game systems. Whoever has the Star Wars special edition box is the next system I get. So I've got a Star Wars Xbox 360, and then I've got the Darth Vader uh, PS4. (laughs) Whatever the next Star Wars special edition box is, that's the the next uh, gen console I'm going to get. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I want to get into the next uh, special feature here, and this one's an important one for a lot of fans. Okay. The next one is, and this one is about 14 minutes. This is the, there can be only one Kurgan. Clancy Brown remembers Highlander. A couple of things I did want to mention uh, that I noticed here. Uh, Grant, he mentions Graham Freeborn, the makeup artist. Graham was his guy, as he mentioned. Uh, Nick Maley, the special effects makeup co-designer who designed the Kurgan prosthetic look. Uh, James uh, Atchison, Developed he's the costume designer. He developed the look of the Kurgan. The costume he said was cumbersome on horseback. Uh, he also mentioned, and I love this, uh, Bob Anderson, the swordmaster. He said, Clancy said that this was his best friend from the movie. I can't imagine being in Clancy's uh situation about this and, and, and being able to call him his best friend at the time. He also gave shout outs to Peter Diamond, of course, a stunt coordinator, coordinator, and Peter Bruce, who he said that was his Clancy stunt double. I got a couple other notes here first, but before we get into this, this kind of all started from this moment right here, Jonathan. <laughs> and this is the reason why you have this book, because you wanted to get Clancy Brown interviewed first, get him done, not saying out of the way, but get one of the most main stars of this for your book. And he finally came out of the Highlander. I'm ignoring Highlander world because probably because of his kids. Uh, And he was invited to this special uh, screening of the Highlander. I think it was the 4k edition uh, in Scott Edinburgh, Scotland, which is where you went and here you are interviewing him.
2: Yes, absolutely. There's something
0: interesting about this picture. Not only was this the beginning of your book, Not only was this the interview to get, but if you look over Clancy behind him, there's a handler, right? You look a little closely past the handler. There is a woman in the background that is looking over the handler and looking at you interviewing Clancy Brown. That woman is now my wife. And This was how we met because she was doing a Highlander tour and I was about to go to Scotland for the first time. And we messaged on Facebook. It was Highlander Heart. Big story. But you were there where my wife was and she got pictures with Clancy Brown for that evening. She even is showing off her Kurgan tattoo sleeve with Clancy right there. I just had to show that because one thing led to another. We went to uh, Scotland. There's some pictures of us here at Eileen Dewan Castle. And uh, there is the Highlander uh, beach right there that we went to. And, oh, we got married last week. Not, sorry, last week. What? Last year, our uh, anniversary is coming up in April. We got married in Las Vegas. So I just had to throw that out there.
1: <laughs> By the way, can we just point out why you got married there and the significance?
0: Okay. We got this is married. Nerdy. I love it. We got married in Las Vegas. On April 26, 2022. We are big fans of the movie Aliens and Alien as well. And our first date was seeing the 30th anniversary of Aliens at the Prince Charles Theater in London. And we got married on this day because April 26 is 426. We got married in Las Vegas. And for those of you alien fans that know what's going on, they found the alien pods and eggs on LV426. So we got married in Las Vegas, LV, April 26,
1: 426. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. We got
0: extra nerdy about that. But
1: let's talk about the interview. Podcaster with- being nerdy? You don't <laughs> say.
0: <laughs> but I just want to say it's just so cool though that you are doing an interview with Clancy Brown and my my future wife is watching you do the interview. I just thought that strange,
2: was great. isn't it? What a small world. <laughs> Crazy. Let's
0: talk about the Kurgan interview. Um now you haven't seen this then, right, John?
2: No, I, I have. I, I managed to get a copy. You- Oh yeah. Just on. Yeah.
0: So you interviewed him. Give us your thoughts on this interview with him and how he's turned around on Highlander because he kind of ignored it for quite a while.
2: Totally. Yeah. Well, I didn't think I was going to get an interview with him. I mean, if he hadn't been coming to Scotland, I wouldn't have got an interview. I don't think, because I did email his people in 2016. I think it was or the end of 2015 And they didn't get back to me and neither did Christopher's, uh, or, or Sean's. And, um, so yeah, I don't don't think it would have happened until this, um, this film festival appearance. Uh, and I just kind of, when this photo was taken, I just cycled from my work on the other side of town. So I was really, it was a really hot day in June and I was really sweaty and uh, the bike is parked. (laughs) So I was exhausted. Um, and I didn't tell my work that I was going to be using most of this interview for, my, for a book that I wanted to write. Uh, but this video is online, so people can watch. I just have my little video camera to, beside me. And if you go onto YouTube, you can find it. Uh, he's, he was taller than I expected, so the camera's kind of tilted up a little bit too high. But but no, he did, was great. And, and Did this you this know
0: this picture was being taken?
2: No, no, no. This is one of the, the members of staff at the film festival who took it. Um, cause I think she knew I was really keen to speak to him and maybe do a, a book about it. And this was the first, so I interviewed him twice. So this is the first time. And then I got another interview the next day, which lasted about 20 minutes. That was in and the bar, was, right? Uh, well in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Just in a hotel room. So there was two, two of us and I had about 20 minutes. So I had all my questions written down just in case like, you know, you want to just be perfect with your questioning. <laughs> um, and then I met him again a week later. Because Christopher Lambert, nobody else came to the film, to the screening apart from Clancy, which is weird because everybody else I think was, you know, Christopher has been attached to Highlander and been in fandom for so many years. Uh, but Clancy wasn't, but he was the only one that turned up. And so, but what I heard on that night was that Christopher was going to be going to London to the Prince Charles for a screening a week later. And Clancy wanted to go and kind of surprise him. And I don't think he knew he was going to be there. So I went down for <laughs> that as well.
0: Nice. And I hoped
2: I was going to get an interview of Christopher that day. And uh we went to the sc- went to the screening, watched it, went back to the the bar with Clancy and his wife. I know exactly
0: I where that is. <laughs>
2: yeah, went to the bar and um Christopher was meant to come along and then there was a call to say that Christopher's mum, I think, was not well at the time. And so he couldn't come. I think he had to maybe go back to Paris. I'm not not entirely sure. And so I just remember sitting in this bar with with Clancy Brown looking at each other. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Because I'd flown down to, to London that day and I had to fly back that evening and I didn't get my interview. So, yeah, it was kind of... A, but I did get Christopher. It took about another year to get Christopher Lambert. So it's been a long process. Right. But Clancy was such a nice guy. Just really mm-hmm. lovely.
0: What was your thoughts on the special features? Because this was a wonderful interview with him. And yeah, he, he shed a lot of... uh Insight on his experience stuff. I didn't know what was your knowing you interviewing him and then seeing him do this interview for this new special 4k uh, What was your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I thought he was very relaxed. He seemed very to be very happy to be there um, and Some of the stories I think I knew probably from when I spoke to him and just from reading things with him because I read so much for the book so I knew most of it. I don't think anything was particularly new, but uh, just hearing him in 2022 talking about this film was was really nice. And yeah. well done to Studio Canal for trying to get him and getting him, in fact, because because something I, I can't go into all the details because it's, you know, betraying confidences and things. Uh, not that there's anything bad to say, but I just think, as with any project like this, <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts and there's so many things that could have gone wrong. You know, getting somebody is very difficult. There's a lot of logistical issues. Um, so partly just again, betraying confidence and partly just, to be, I wouldn't want to bore you because it's things like, you know, who's available on a certain day, kind of someone misses their flight. There's all those sorts of things, but right. the fact that they went to the effort and the the cost, you know, of just getting someone like Clancy, of getting Clancy Brown for this set is incredible. And I don't think fans, Not that we should know about it. We don't need to know all that stuff because that's business. But I think we are, we're more blessed than we, than we know we are, or we think we are. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the, one of the things I wanted to bring up and then Lee, I wanted you to give your uh, thoughts on this. And the thing that I thought was really cool was the stuff that he wanted to bring to the character, but he couldn't. Uh, The one thing I thought was fascinating was he mentioned that Clancy mentions the idea about the Kurgan maybe being a Russian general during World War II on it, but on the Allied side. And he would like go to concentration camps and look for possible Nazi immortals or pre-immortals and take their heads, you know, and stuff like that. Hmm. And he also mentioned too, like, he thought, what if the Kurgan was like a Wall Street bond trader, you know, with a nice three-piece suit, and you know, he kind of looked like uh, the guy from – uh, American uh, was it American Psycho or like you know something from Bonfire of the Vanities or something like that. I just he, I loved how he had these ideas about that. Uh, was there anything that, that jumped out to you, Lee, regarding uh, um, Clancy talking about his times as the Kurgan?
1: Um, yeah, it, it's a it's the curse of being a big actor um, that you don't get to play the the characters that way. Um, they want you to be big violent scary looking over the top and uh when you look at like the because we did the best villains uh episode of uh islander the series and the best villains are all the kind of smooth you know uh rich sophisticated all that sort of stuff uh clancy is amazing but uh because of the stature he gets pigeonholed into a specific thing and right. um i think it's one of the reasons why he does um so much of the uh voiceover work Because voiceover, it's who you sound like, not what you look like. And I've gotten some amazing voiceover projects that let me do roles I would never in a million years get cast for, even though I may be right for them in every other way but appearance. Uh, So it was really fun listening to him on that. Um, I really did like that he's uh, shouting out his stunt double for this. Um, I think it was actually in a different interview for the previous one. But uh, he just made this comment in passing talking about uh, the driving scene. Um, you know, the the terror drive, he just makes this comment about, uh, well, some of it was me, but some of it was uh, my stunt uh, driver because stunt men should be working, uh, stunt people should be working. And uh, it's just such a, you know, coming from somebody that crosses the line, um, I really appreciate when the actors do have the respect for the people that get them there. And Um, You know, not only that, but, you you know, we're talking to the customer, we're talking to the makeup guy, we're talking to everybody, um, all the people that made him look this damn cool. Um, (laughs) You know, that that's the mark of a uh, of a man who knows where he is and knows who got him there. Um, And I I really admire him for all of that.
0: You know, he was he was uh, he was also very respectful of who the star was. Uh, when uh, Clancy said that he was doing these cool things with the sword play, Christopher said, well, I want to do that. And then he kind of said, well, you're the star. You should definitely do that. But Clancy was kind of like, darn it. You know, he, he was hoping to like pull some of those off. I love the thing too, that he mentioned that, that it wasn't until Die Hard uh, that the bad guy was probably the smartest villain or maybe even mm-hmm. the smartest character there. And mm-hmm. that the Kurgan was your typical eighties bad guy. Typical to a certain degree, but he really brought a lot of character to it, which is what what we liked. The other thing that stood out for me, too, was that he spoke with Sean Connery's son, Jason, about the famous beach scene where Connery has to run and how, like, you know, off screen he says, man, I'm in my – I think he was in his 50s at the time, like almost – Pushing towards sixty or whatever, he's like, I can't do this anymore. So when you see him run, it was kind of like if you've ever gone to Blooded Kings and watched my running on that beach, I'm feeling the same thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I I actually I think I maybe I maybe mentioned this on another one of our videos previously, but I spoke to Jason Connery as well Um, a, a film premiere a couple of years ago, and he mentioned his dad's knee. And he said that he, his dad, that Sean called Jason after that beach scene, and said his knees were killing him. Mm. Um, I didn't put it in the book because it wasn't an interview when I spoke to him, but I think right. I can mention it here. But, uh, but yeah, he said his his knees were really sore afterwards. So,
0: the the one thing that I took away from this Clancy interview was that he has totally embraced um, Highlander, and I, I think for a while, I think he just kind of left alone because I I don't think he had the best you know experience filming things you know we talked about how he had to kind of make his this history where he had to make his way to the set originally and and you know but i, I think that he looks back on this and especially with the you know these new fans that are finding it and also realizing that all of the voice work that he'd done uh, and all of the fun that, you know, all of the great roles that he's done, he even had fun with it on Goldberg's where he's mm-hmm. like the shop teacher and the kids in the eighties wanted to have a Highlander club and there's two different clubs and he got to have fun with that saying there can be only one Highlander club, you know? And so obviously he's embraced it. And I think that that's important for us as fans to see that he's done it and that he's come around to it. Is that, is that something that you also see Jonathan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, just what you're saying. Yeah. I think 10 years ago we would not have got this sort of response perhaps. I think there is a video out there that was recorded. I can't quite remember how many years ago that I did see. And he was, it was for, um, I think maybe one of the merchandise videos or something, but I think now he, yeah, he just seems a lot, a lot more relaxed with it. And, and I think, um, I think at the time, of course he was in his twenties and he was a bit of a, just a kid and i think he sort of alludes to that a bit in that interview doesn't he and says you know i knew everything i knew i knew it all and he's joking of course because he, he didn't know everything and now i think he's looking back on it from from with with his with his many with his extra years and and can see he can see where he maybe was a little bit of a yeah uh, a little bit of a hellraiser,
0: you know, probably. You know? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I, I can't quite imagine what what. I mean, that came out a little bit in some of the interviews that I did, that I didn't really bring to the fore in the book, yeah, because I didn't feel comfortable maybe doing that. But but there was an interview with J, Jim Aitchison and I I kind of got both sides. Where one of them talks about the way Clancy treated the costume, yeah, and mm-hmm. and he wasn't happy. And then Clancy kind of admitted to me in the interview that. Yeah, he made a mistake and he was he apologized basically. So, yeah.
0: yeah, he talks about that in the special features. Uh, about
2: he how he so touches on it, yeah, yeah he, he does he which, I was,
0: which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, the one other main thing that I want to discuss on this, guys, is something that's really, really cool. I want to talk about the uh, it's almost an hour long, it's 56 minutes. This is the immortal attraction of Highlander, and uh, I there, this is. This is the big one um, that has a lot of people on it. And I just wanted to go over some of the specs here. First of all, it's almost an hour, which is great. And the interviews, the people that are in, the, uh, um, in this uh, interview segment, of course, we have Gregory Wyden, who's the story and screenplay. He mentions The Duelist uh, and The Tower, The Duelist movie that um, Lee and I have actually covered last year, talking about the inspiration for Highlander, a really good movie. Uh, and the Tower of London visit that he that he did. Uh, Derek Power, the music supervisor. Russell McKay, of course, the director. Uh, originally, this movie was called The Dark Knight. Uh, David James, the stills photographer. Louis, uh, Lois Burwell, uh, the makeup supervisor. She was great. Loved her in this. Of course, Connor McLeod himself, Christophe Lambert. Clancy Brown also has some more in this as well. Um, and I thought it was interesting he said in this Particular special feature he said that they wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger originally for the Kurgan after Terminator but he Turned it down because he wanted to play a good guy next Mm -hmm. Uh, Roxanne Hart in there Edie uh, Who played Brenda Wyatt um, Edie uh, B.D. Edney of course who played Heather Tim Hutchinson the art director Really really great Group of uh, interviews on here And I wanted you uh, John Mm -hmm. To kind of shed any highlights That you took from this documentary
2: Um, well, I think partly because I, uh, I, I, yeah, my name is mentioned at the end of it as a, we thank you, a little thank you along with a couple of other people. Uh, and that's partly for me passing on those contact details. So a lot of those people or some of those people, uh, and it's not picking myself up too much, but they probably wouldn't be in there if it wasn't for me passing, if I hadn't interviewed them for my book. I think,
0: yeah.
2: um, and which I'm, which I'm happy about. And that's brilliant. And I'm glad I could k- help a little bit with that. So I think for me, I knew a lot of those stories because they are in the book. So I, but, but hearing them and seeing them like Lois Burwell, I spoke to her, I think on the phone. Uh, so I didn't ever see her. So it's lovely she to was, see her. She was
0: the one that admitted that she actually got carried out of the boat by, Con- uh-huh. by, by um, Sh- Sean Connery. Right.
2: That's right. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. It was great that to That was a fun her. story. <laughs> totally. Yeah.
0: So um. So
2: I don't think there was anything particularly brand new, but that's kind of what you'd expect from someone who'd spent hours writing this this book. So, but it was a lovely. It was just great that they again going back, you know all this costs money, and I and I, and I'm talking about it from the again that business side, but it's just we're so lucky that they went studio canal went to the effort of doing this because they didn't need to, you didn't need to interview Lois Burwell as important yeah. as she is, of course, to the film, you know, we didn't need to see her, but the fact that they did it, I think is brilliant. So well done studio yeah. canal.
0: Yeah. Well, well done. Uh Lee, your thoughts on this special uh, 56 minute, uh, <laughs> immortal attraction of Highlander.
1: Um, you know, it's really what made it worth it. Um, I you know like yourself, um, I have the huge wall of DVDs uh, and Blu-rays and physical media, um, and the real reason I have it is because of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And some of it is crap, some of it's amazing. Um, I don't think um, that there is a way to get a better um, documentary on this. Um, a you know, with John's connections and the ability to get all this information, having it compiled in the book was huge. Uh, listening to it again was um, you know same for me like. So much of it was very familiar from your book, but also hearing it in their voices uh, gave it a different emotion. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, I I think that this is the kind of thing that is going to save physical media uh, because without special features, um, why wouldn't I just, you know, have streaming? And I still love my physical media, but there's no... Um, the special features have been getting less and less the last few years. This is finally why, why we would do it. Uh, cause there's no rental market anymore. I mean, those red boxes, who cares? Uh, I want, I'm going to buy them, you know, uh, like, you know, straight up, Kevin sent me a disc and then I'm like, you know what I need, you know, to have, you know, that steel book with all the, the little special features and all that stuff. That's what'll keep a physical market going. And I'm really, yeah. Um glad to see it done this way here. Uh, I'm really glad that I've got a friend who is now uh, officially connected to the Highlander universe in perpetuity because I'm pretty sure the next ver- uh, edition is going to have your name on it. Uh, <laughs> and, and I hope that they keep you around for uh, the reboot.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: All right, guys. Uh I just want to mention if there's anything, uh, of the other special features, we've got a kind of magic music of the immortals, a featurette on the soundtrack that was about 14 minutes with, uh, Derek powers and Neil Derek powers is the music supervisor and Neil brand was the, as a composer and author. Uh, he was on there. Um, and, uh, David James, the onset photographer, he spent some time with Sean Connery off the set uh, he gets his own um, special feature here. It's about 13 minutes, and uh, he said one of the funniest things. I love it. He says so, – because he's taking pictures of everything, and one of the funniest things was watching all the people that are dead after a scene all of a sudden get up and eat lunch <laughs> with the crew. He thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, on the 4K, you also get the uh, audio commentary, of course, with Russell McCahey and the other one of with uh, McKahy, uh Peter S. Davis, and William in Panzer. Um, and the Blu-ray disc also has the, uh, uh, the movie on it, but you get just the older audio commentaries, uh, it, the older interviews with Christopher Lambert, the making of Highlander, the original one deleted scenes we've seen and, um, a couple other things as well. But, uh, I just wanted you guys, if there's anything else in the special features to touch on, let's start with you, John. Um,
2: not particularly. Um, I think they're all good. I think the David James interview is, is brilliant. Uh, He's a fascinating guy. Um, And I think, uh, I mean, you know, Trying to think how much how much to say i always do this i think when i'm on this show it's like how much should i say about things but one of the other people you're still
0: holding back so much stuff you're gonna have oh. to write your own book no, no he wants
1: us to invite him back that's what he what he's uh, holding out no, it's again, it's I, I want to true. talk to some guys in the middle of the night about Highlander.
2: It's, it's trying to remember how much you're allowed to say but there are things so one of the people credited at the end of most of these featurettes is uh ewan mcnulty who um is a huge Highlander fan, and he's on, on Twitter. Uh, and he, I don't think it's a secret. Maybe it is. I don't know. But there are fo- we know that there are missed there are deleted scenes, missing scenes, but we also know that many photos exist. And um Ewan and I think um uh Grant uh Kempster, who we mentioned, have been a little bit involved in this, but behind the scenes, there was an attempt to try and get some of Again, I don't know if I should be saying all this, but there was an attempt to try and animate some of these deleted scenes that are existed photos
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but they couldn't fit them on the disc. that's the main reason mm. so they they they're not on there but I you know Lee talking about future editions um I hope that maybe those will see the light of day sometime. Um, because you know we've got the script, we know what the, what sh- what should have been and what the dialogue should have been. We've got photos; it's just we don't have the footage. And also, I wonder now. I'm saying talking about it, I wonder what will happen with AI uh, and the, the amazing things that can the AI can do at the moment with animating
0: AI, well, right, just
2: everything. Right. You know, it can do anything. But I, I know as a Doctor Who fan that that things are happening with telly snaps that were taken from a lot of the 1960s mm-hmm. episodes that don't exist. And I think there's 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 lots of talk about if those are almost brought to life, you know. And I yeah. wonder, who knows in the next five years, even a couple of years, will some of those and and this is just me speculating, but but I do think that we could see potentially something really exciting in a couple of years' time, just if maybe you and can get can work with some AI or studio canal are willing to put some
0: fingers crossed. <sighs> you know, that's just all, me speculating. That's me we speculating. can use a 40th anniversary update. I'm just saying, you know, that's coming up in four years. And, and I just want to mention real quick there, you know, the big young doll Kim fight scene, we've talked about that in your book. You you've covered it a little bit. And there's this, uh, I, I just want to say that there was the the longest rumor about it was that that footage got destroyed in a fire. That's not necessarily the case can't rely on that anymore. That's just might be lost. Who knows? But uh, there's this wonderful video online. I have it on blood of Kings as well. If someone took all the still pictures and put it in kind of a moving picture format of what it would look like if it was uh, either recovered or, or done Um, Lee uh, any final thoughts on the special features of the new Highlander 4k special edition.
1: (coughs) I really did appreciate um, bringing in the photographer and getting that perspective yeah. Um, having been a photographer and having worked with a lot of the set photographers uh, there is perspective that they get that I don't think anybody else other than a documentarian would uh, because everyone else is so focused on their specific job, which is I'm supposed to act. I'm supposed to catch the actors. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. Uh, the photographer, their job is to document and to see the things and define the moments in between. Um, and part of it is just this innate ability to pay attention and disappear. Uh, because as soon as, you know, you're visible with the camera, everyone's goes, uh, but if you can get those moments in between and just some beautiful ones, and uh, you had some of his pictures in the special edition of the book, uh, you'd send them off in the package If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, but that perspective um, and that ability to kind of see, the things that nobody else would notice Uh, as, as an actor, I'm very focused when I'm acting on my scene partner, where the camera is, all sorts of stuff. Um, and I will, you know, in between, it's like, okay, let's, let's drink, let's tell stories. Let's do this. Let's get caught up. I haven't seen you since this set. Um, as a stunt guy, I am just so focused on safety, especially after everything that happened with rust that I don't really pay attention to a lot of the things that happen on set. Um, and it's when we get these photos, uh, yeah. When we get these photos from the set photographer, um, I just got a dump from a guy named uh, Ben Husett. Uh, he's a great set photographer here, um, and suddenly, like, that's my memory now. It's not just the the, tens- uh, the tension of being on set and like, okay, what's my line here? Where am I facing? What's my line? Uh, it's it's like, oh yeah, that happened too, and suddenly this is the the reboot of this amazing experience. And, um, you know, the same guy that's like, why are we talking to, uh, to this Melville dude, uh, was like, why are they talking to this photographer? It's like, you don't even know how important that guy is. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that is for everybody. He's the, the reason bus, why that, we yeah.
0: have all these stills and cards and,
1: you yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's not just like a little thank you blurb. It's like, that's, For so many people that are sleep deprived and hungry and just hyper-focused, that's the guy that allows you to remember what you did because it becomes a blur afterwards.
0: well said, well said. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up, but I got a couple, one other thing I wanted to mention here. Okay, Jonathan, I, before I go, one of the things that, my wife, Erin, at the time, fiance, when we went to Scotland together and did our own personal Highlander 1986 tour, was the famous picture that you had of where the Highlander beach was from, uh, was it the location guy? Who was, What was his name again?
2: I think it was Tim Hutchins. Tim Hutchinson.
0: Okay. Yeah. But it was like a Gaelic map. You know, it was written Gaelic, yeah. so I didn't understand anything. But you you had this little little arrow pointing yeah. where it was. And we were trying to figure out who the hell else has been there that could tell us how to get there. But it was that map that led us to do a little Google Maps foo and kind of really figure it out. And we really documented us finding there. And you had finally gone there as well. I had a friend of mine that went soon after me. uh Um, uh, there's a gentleman that's putting these great uh, Highlander location videos up as well. Um, And we all went through almost finding it and then finally finding it. Now I wanted to ask you a specific question because if you find the Highlander beach, you got to find that little rock outcropping that is in the actual movie. There's a great shot. There's a little rock outcropping and then you see the beach beyond it. And Mm. that's how we were able to find it because you think you find the beach, but you don't, you got to yeah. go a little bit further North. Yeah. And I wanted to bring that up because at first, you know, Aaron found it first because we thought we found it, but I want to talk about the name because we actually asked some locals that were like walking their dogs on the beach. there, like, what is this particular beach called? And each one that has its own little outcropping has a different name. And they said it was silver sands beach, but what information did you get on the beach?
2: Really just that map from tim mm-hmm. um <laughs> because the day that I, I well yeah i went there uh by train i was staying somewhere else got a train to um where was it now was it i can't remember even the, it's, it was a few years ago now but but basically walked to the wrong beach and thought yep. i was on the right beach had my lunch on it went home again and then realized when i got home that it was the wrong beach because yep. it, it didn't have that little <laughs> I'm pointing at it. You can't see it, but there's a little yeah. bit of there's the, oh, the land. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's the land. Yeah, if you're looking, if plant. you're
0: looking at the video, there's a little rock. There's a little rock outcropping that you actually have to crawl on or, or climb up on, and it's the famous scene of them looking out past it through the beach, and yeah. that's be that's the beach behind us there in the picture on, on YouTube here. And on Blood of Kings, I documented this and and showed you like where to go because there's a there's a car park where there's this main beach. And then there's like another little secondary beach, but you have to keep staying to the right. You got to keep walking to the right until you get yeah. to this little like pathway that's sandy and you just got to keep going and keep going until you see like a – I think there was like a, a trailer. Someone was living in a trailer. You have to walk behind that on the right and keep going.
2: <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and, it and is, that, it in, is. that main beach beside the uh, the car park—that's the local hero beach. Yes, uh, and then yeah. you go, as you say, to the other beach, which isn't in a film, I don't think. And then you get no. to Highlander Beach. But no, I, there was no one there to ask when I went. I don't think there was. It was just me walking to it. So. And uh, there's no signs. They don't have signs up or anything saying Highlander was filmed here. So it's a real detective. We are the experts,
0: work. me and you, Jonathan. Yeah. anyone wants to go to the beach, hit us up. We I've need got- to go
2: there sometime together. Oh, or, uh, I know. With
0: Aaron as well, of course, but you know, a few of us. There's a, a of, us. of me uh, running with the stag. It, it was a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so, so much for coming on. Uh, It has been an honor to have you and I'm so happy for you that you actually not only are part, uh, a fan of the Highlander universe in such detail that you wrote a freaking awesome book about it, but you get to actually be part of the filmmaking process of it and having an audio commentary that is one of the most thorough and entertaining and uh, just amazing audio commentaries that I've ever listened to when it comes to a films that I love. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I love coming on here because you say such nice things. You guys, so, <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it every week. I really need that. You know, I'm very uh,
0: sincere about it too. I mean, I know you I'm, are,
2: you are, yeah. you, you are, and I, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. And you're, you're a fan and you're, you're honest because fans don't like to be ripped off i think uh, none of us want to be ripped off and conned so um no i put as much effort as i could into this and uh many hours <laughs> many many hours i know uh, and, good uh, and, just, and and enjoyed it though but it was good fun and it was it was fun to just to, to relive it again for the commentary and and, I, and the fact that you, you you enjoy it is is fantastic. So so
0: next yeah. next time in Edinburgh, I gotta gotta find a new pub to hang out with. You know, is Another. there any other cool like theaters to go to?
2: <laughs> well, there's a place called the Cameo Cinema, which is uh, apparently one of Tarantino's favorite places. There's a photo of him outside it, and um, Clint Eastwood was there once, and Orson oh, Welles. Wow. Nice. So um, that might be the next one. But um, no, I'm
1: planning on uh, going for the tattoo either this year or next year. We should all get together. Totally.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe we can target next year. That would be fun. Just book your accommodation well in
2: advance because it sells out very quickly.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you, don't, I've, don't I've got you, a friend,
2: a couple
1: friends that live there now too. So yeah, cool.
0: I got a, I got a friend in Glasgow that I could go to, but uh, I, you know what, I could just sleep on your kitchen floor if that's okay, John. i will be fine. That's you know.
1: fine. That's absolutely
0: <laughs> fine. Uh, Lee, uh, any last uh, comments regarding the Highlander 4K or uh, you know, John? Uh,
1: you know, I just this is what it should be. Um, you know, it's not like uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings where they had somebody on set ready to do this. Um, when uh you know you look at the most recent uh blu-ray edition of star wars it's kind of hodgepodge and crappy like i think that having an historian like yourself uh which is what you are for this um yeah. helping to guide this making uh the special features uh coherent and enjoyable and uh enriching um this is the kind of thing, you know. I mean, that's why you got to do Tremors. That's why you got to do this one. That's why they should have you as just the the set historian for whenever this reboot eventually comes out in the next thirty years. Uh, I think this is just a, a fantastic uh, thing. I I love it. It is absolutely worth the price. Uh, my like I said, four point eight out of five. I think, and part of it is just like the audio in a f- couple spots had some really tinny stuff to it they weren't able to upconvert uh, a few of the scenes where like when you suddenly see film grain and the rest of the film, you don't, it's like, okay, that takes me out of it. But other than that, like you cannot expect yeah. more from something like this.
2: Totally. And I'll just say once again, I mean, it's, you hear my voice <laughs> on the the commentary, but the people behind the scenes such as Kareem, uh, uh, Kareem Dim- Dimashki and you um, McNulty, Grant Kempster, Naomi Hallwell as I say who who's behind the visuals that you see and edited that documentary these guys are amazing as well so congrats to them
0: yeah well said well said well John why don't you tell us how we can uh you know how we can get a hold of you where are you on social media
2: I I think probably Twitter I'm still on Twitter as long as Twitter is there John (laughs) underscore Melville and uh on facebook i think it's forward slash jonathan melville i think it is so yeah if you just google me and you can find me and uh, you also
0: have facebook uh groups for your books as well the highlander make uh, a kind of magic you also have one for local hero as well right yeah, on Tremors as
2: well. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So check those out. Uh, you've yeah. got some good pictures and you know promotional stuff. You hanging out at international film festivals and stuff like that. <laughs> it's great. So yeah.
1: Something yeah. just occurred to me. Um, nobody should be surprised uh that a guy named melville has uh several very incredibly detailed books about these epic journeys with uh crazy conclusions uh you know and those of you who are not get complete book nerds uh herman melville wrote moby dick uh so <laughs> is there any relation i've always wanted to ask that no 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 there's no relation that i know of no and yours is far more interesting to read uh, than learning about how to rend whale fat, uh, which was two chapters in Moby <laughs> Dick. So thank you for not having that level of detail.
0: Uh, Lee, where can we find you on social media?
1: You don't find me. I find you. Uh, <laughs> otherwise uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook uh, under my name. Um, I've also got um, my uh, double action martial arts page. Um madman road productions my film company i'm about to start a prop armory um i'm still trying to figure out what names i can legally use for that but after the events on rust um, i spent a whole lot of time uh buying trading and begging for uh prop firearms to make the film community safer yeah. um and so that's uh good for you up. man yeah uh i shared some pictures with you uh, and it's about tripled in size since then uh once people found out what i was doing they're like you know what? I've got this just sitting here, so I've got. I could. I could arm a huge, epic Zack Snyder-level zombie movie right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. uh, Zach, if you're listening, which I know you are, let's make a movie, bud.
0: Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix, and uh, also uh, please check out the Bloody Kings podcast master feed at uh, fpnet.podbean.com and uh, just click on the blood of kings button when you get there and please check out the fandom podcast network on youtube if you're watching this video thank you very much give us a like and a share uh, make sure you check that out uh blood of kings is also on twitter and instagram and and also too we've got a great facebook page the blood of kings a highlander fandom group facebook page make sure you check that out we got a lot of great highlander fans there and we have a, a sister page for uh, Blood of Kings, a Highlander CCG collectible card game and gaming discussion group page. If you'd like to email us at directly, you can email us at of Kings Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also give us a love on uh, your podcast catchers. Give us some reviews and also check out T Public. You can get your Blood of Kings uh, um, uh, t-shirt on anything, logo on anything too. We also got the, uh, the Blood of Kings uh, team iron pipe as well. Uh, we love to... Uh, uh, share our love with that, and you can also support us while you're doing that. Um, Jonathan, thank you so much, man. It is wonderful to have you. Yeah, let's get get you show that again. Show that show that there that special. feature I'm yeah, oh, to go. get that, that, that Highlander 4K. Isn't that beautiful? The way it just shines there. I love it. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> let's all hold them up here. Let's let's hold these up. Hold on. Let me let me get this going here. Let's get all of our pictures. Show these right here. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, uh, thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you so thank you. much for coming on. I really appreciate you, man.
2: Thanks for having me on. It's been brilliant. There's always always great fun coming on here. I hope you hope, hope to come back at some point. Oh.
1: Thank you and your beautiful, dulcet Scottish man voice.): <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laddie. I'm Kevin.
0: Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Love it. I'm Kevin on behalf of Lee and our very special guest, Jonathan Melville. Thanks everyone for listening and watching. And join us again next time here on the Fandom Podcast Network for another episode of Blood of Kings, a Highlander podcast. That sensation you are feeling is the quickening. We are one. We are immortals. Farewell,
1: dear shitheads.
0: <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>